Welcome to the Moss Talk Podcast. Hey, what's happening with the world? Welcome to another episode of the Mouse Talk Podcast. And I have the honor and the pleasure of having another special guest on the show today. Uh, this brother right here is, is a staple, not only in the southern region, but in the city of Memphis for basically being an all-around talent. This man is a producer, engineer, videographer, photographer. Uh, he, he has his own facility. If you never had the opportunity to work at Studio Plug Memphis, then you're definitely missing out, especially if you're trying to get your podcast off the ground, you're trying to get your music career off the ground, anything like that. His facility is the correct facility to be in, man. Uh, I've had the opportunity from a sideline to watch everything he's had going on, and I've admired his grind, his journey, and we're going to get to know more about him, man. So please welcome to the show today. We got the one and only track addict on here, man. What's going on, brother? Hey, what it do, man? Hey, appreciate that, man. Hey, make <laughs> me feel like a celebrity. I appreciate that. Hey, man, that's one of the things as far as, as – as my platform, man, um, I want to, you know, that's like say on other facilities, give people their, their flowers and stuff like that, man. And one of the things I've noticed about your journey and your grind and everything that you've that you've been doing, man, you definitely have helped out a lot of careers as far as on the video side or what if it's people came to your facility to do their podcasts or engineering producer, just everything man and i see a lot of people give you a lot of props and they give you your flowers and they give you a lot of love i don't see any hate when it comes to your name and so i feel like it's an honor to even have you on my platform so thank you for taking the time out to you know be on my platform i it's definitely appreciated i appreciate you bro for having me i really appreciate you having me here on the moss network man the moss talk podcast dope experience man like this is one thing that i look to do this year is to increase my uh my awareness out here on the podcast uh you know platform you know because a lot of people know me for the music you know they don't know me for all the other things i do so man i'm glad to be here i appreciate it bro no problem man man before we even get into anything i would like to know man um how's the year starting out for you how's your family how's your uh your mental space and everything like that man everything is great man it's a new year you know what i mean uh I'm trying to be, you know, hopefully optimistic about the year. You know what I mean? I lost a few good brothers last year. You know, it seemed like every year we lose somebody. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, I'm just trying to 23, you know, I'm calling it the Michael Jordan year. You mm. know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's the year to go hard, go hard as you can go. So that's kind of like my mindset going into the year. Wow, man. I definitely feel you. I feel you, man. Now, one of the things I wanted to know, and you've, like I said, you've, been one i'm gonna call you like one of the conductors of this this gravy train of new talent that's coming out the city because not only you've had new talent but you've had ogs legendary figures you know work in your studio facility man what is about you know what do you think is it about our city of memphis that you know people has you know basically gravitated towards because we if people really look at it we've always had the sauce for decades right that movement has always been there, even going to the late 80s with Spanish Fly and Gangsta Pat and others. But it's like now 
people are just now catching on because we've been running this for the past five years now. And it seems like there is no slowing up. But uh, from your experience, man, what do you think is it about our city of Memphis that people is just, you know, gravitating towards and just like loving everything about it that's coming from the city? Yeah. Well, I think it's the overall the sound, man. They always liked our sound that we had, you know, they always tried to duplicate it and take it other places. Mm. You know? But, um, you know, Memphis, we're just, you know what I'm saying? Like we hard, we, you know, we street, it's a struggle. So anybody that's able to come up through that is able to shine, you know what I mean? And I think that we starting to, they starting to see that now more, you know, because now a lot of the biggest names is, is straight from Memphis. So they're like, okay, we need to, we need to pay a little more attention to Memphis. And now you starting to see a lot of these big record labels starting to sign more people from Memphis because they realizing like we hungry, you know, mm-hmm. like these artists out here are hungry. You know what I mean? Like, and that's why, you know, I always consider my guy myself a person that roots for the underdog because, you know, 90% of my business is, you know, people out here trying to get it. You know, it's not those big celebrity names or anything like that. It's the, it's the underdog, you know what I'm saying? So I always try to push the, the 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 people that's just starting are the are the local guys that haven't made it big you know what I mean like I'm always rooting for them and trying to get them the exposure they need you know and the quality and everything as as well you know so um, I think just to answer your question man just we got so much talent here you know what I'm saying like Memphis is like a mecca of talent you know what I want to salute you on that response because when I started my platform and of course. Oh, I want my platform to be the home of, you know, other people who have a name already. But I've always catered to uh, under uh, underground artists and underdog people as well. You know, I've always, you know, reached out to them. And I've been doing this for going on four years now. And it's it's like a it's like a, a, a good thing when someone tells me, oh, man, you was like you the first person to ever interview me. Like I ain't never had no interview before as far as, you know, trying to put out my music or stuff like that. I just feel thank you for that. And that's like a badge of honor to me because, you know, I, I'm rooting for the underdog as well. You know, because, you know, the big names, they already they have their names already. I'm definitely rooting for the ones that people are not aware of yet or people just not really looking at it right now. So I'm, I've always been a fan of the underdog. So I'm with you right there. Yes, sir. Now, uh, one of the things that this has always been a, uh, a saying about our city for decades now. And I think DJ Paul said, he said, I come from the city where they love to hate. Mm-hmm. Now, the fact that you, you basically been, you know, able to witness everything go down within our city and the rise of the new talent. Do you think that's kind of changed now? Because, you know, the stigma that always kind of held our city back was far as crab in the bucket. Nobody wants to see each other win. Everybody want to hold each other back. Nobody wants to work together. Do you think that's changed now? I think it's better. You know what I mean? Now, nowadays, we got a lot more young artists in the game that's more open to working with people, you know what I mean? So I think that's that's kind of the difference, but you know, there's still, it, it still got its its issues, I'ma say, you know, um, a lot of times just once you get to a certain level, um, then it starts becoming a problem, you know? Um, so, you know, it's definitely got better, you know what I mean? And, and it needs to keep getting better because, 
You know, we're stronger in numbers. You know what I mean? Working together, we're able to add value to each other and increase our own value. Mm -hmm. so, you know, I always tell people like, you know, don't always look at everything as what how it's going to benefit you right then. You know, it's stepping stones in the game. So, you know, um, people coming together and helping each other is always going to work out better than not working together, you know, in my eyes. Facts. Now, when we kick started off the new year, man, it didn't start off so well. We end up losing one of our queens uh, against the boo. And um, you had the opportunity to work with her, correct? Uh, no, I actually haven't worked with her. Uh, I've worked with a few other people like LeChat and uh, other people. Uh, I worked with Coops and Eagle before. Mm. Uh, but I've never actually worked with Gangsta Boo. I've tried before. You know, I tried before, but I actually never worked with her. You know, I have a couple good friends of mine, producer partners of mine that work directly with her. So, you know, um, we do got some of the same circle, friend, members type thing. But as far as me, I never actually worked with her or actually met her. Man, how uh, what was your reaction when you got like got the news? Because I couldn't believe it. I, I was at work, and when it just popped up on my Instagram, I was like, bro, this can't be true. I was like, hell no. Nah. Like, no, man. Yeah. I mean, it was just crazy, bro. I was just like, you know, mouth dropped. Like, you know, um, if you follow her, you would have, you know, synced it just like the day before. You know, she was having a great New Year's Eve, you know what I mean? Like really celebrating and showing a lot of love. And, you know, it was beautiful to see. And just, you know, uh, unfortunately, you know, God called her home, you know what I'm saying? And that's one thing that that we, we, we never know how long we're here for. You know, we never know in our day. So it's important why we're here to really give our energy properly. You know what I mean? Because you, you never know, you know. That is true, man. And uh, one of the things I noticed is that we also lost another staple in our city. I think someone you, you had a relationship with, uh, Jay Proper. Yeah, that's my dog. Uh, before I even ask that, uh, I'm going to just give a quick 10 seconds of silence for Gangsta Boo and Jay Proper real quick. God rest their souls. Yes, sir. Man, um, talk about, man, the relationship that you had, uh, had with Jay Proper, man. Because I never had the opportunity to uh, meet with him or work with him or, you know, be introduced to him. But when I saw that he had passed, man, it was just, it was, it hurt a lot of people. I saw that he had got, he was very influential within the city for what he was known for. And just like, I saw all the love he, he received and there's a lot of people were just really hurt by his passing, man. So talk about the relationship that you had with him. Yeah, for sure. Um, man, I knew, uh, I knew Jay solid, man, uh, proper visions mm -hmm. a long time. You know what I mean? Like well over 10 years, I would say we probably both started doing music around the same time. You know what I mean? Before we even got started on the business sides. So that's just kind of giving you an idea of how long I knew him. But um, we got closer once we both got into the business world, you know, and, uh, you know, I used to do a lot of CD printing for him, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And, um, and then, you know, both of our, our girls, we both got girls around the same age and they both was going to LYE Academy, the dance school. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like every day picking them up, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm seeing them, you know, and I'm going to his shop. He coming to my shop. You know, we just chopping it up. And um, 
one thing about the guy, man, he was just so like, he was just so dope, bro. He he always had like the best thing to say, you know, like um, he, he was always about putting other people in power in better situations and giving them the game. You know what I mean? And, you know, it really, it really was never about like what you could do for him. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, he really wasn't a selfless person it was like, ah, you know, you know, he was coming to me and, and doing business with me at the same time, giving me gems and giving me things that would help me grow, you know? And, um, you know, at one time, you know, I was looking for a new studio location for my business because it was getting ridiculous where I was at as far as like prices and things mm-hmm. and I've been there so long. And, um, you know, I reached out to him and, you know, he opened his doors up. He told me to come by, I went by, met with him. And, you know, um, man, he was willing to open up his own business to my business and say, look, bro, I know this might not be exactly what you want, but until you're able to figure it out, man, you can, you know, you can do open up your shop here. You know what I mean? Until you, you know, as, as long as you need to, you know, so now I really appreciated that, man, you know, because it ain't too many people that would do that. You know what I mean? And that just goes to show how genuine he was, you know what I mean? And um, that was our own personal relationship. But, you know, if you talk to a hundred people in the city, they gonna all give you a, uh, their own individual response and it's going to be like that. You know what I mean? How, how, how his words was able to help them, you know what I mean? You know? And so, you know, um, much salute to him and, you know, to his family, man. Cause I know they having a hard time, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. I was, uh, a lot of people was, uh, posting, uh, the pictures and videos uh, of his service and stuff. And it just like, like, damn, man, the city really, you know, took a, a loss, you know, because, you know, we've been taking ills for the past couple of weeks, fires with Scar, Boo, uh, Jay Proper, and then just like, damn, man. So, you know, you know, the city's just trying to remain strong. So just like you said, man, my prayers goes out to his family and to anyone who's associated with him, man, because, you know, it yeah. is definitely not easy, you know, as far as the grievance, though. Man, yes, all right. I want to know, man, I'm going to hit the rewind button. And you know, get all know about the the humble beginnings of a uh, track addict, man. Uh, what part of the city you grew up in? Uh, I grew up in uh, you know, I say North Memphis, but basically Frazier, you oh. know, what I'm saying? and uh, you know, Raleigh. So Frazier and Raleigh was pretty much where I grew up at um, up until like 18, 18, 19 is when I moved out to East Memphis. Oh, okay, okay. I got a saying, I always say, North Memphis raised, East Memphis paid, right? (laughs) Hey, it's true, though. It's a part of your story, though. So it's a part of your story. I didn't didn't really experience getting no real money until I moved to East Memphis. So, like, that's why I say North Memphis raised, East Memphis paid. (laughs) Man, uh, how would you describe the upbringing uh, during your your time being out there in the North? Uh, You know, it was definitely hard at times, you know what I'm saying, Uh, especially being – you know, one of the only white cats, you know what I'm saying, around the way, you know. Um, you know, like I say, I, I grew up in, you know what I'm saying, predominantly black area. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it was tough at times, but you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, I, if, if I had to do it all over, I'd do it again because I felt like everything I went through is what made me who I am today, you know. And um, that's, that's it, you know what I mean? Like, 
you know, um, there was great times, there was bad times, but you know, I'm thankful for it all. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's really like who I am today is, you know, this is who I always been, you know what I'm saying? So it's just a, a beautiful thing. You know what I mean? To always stay true to who you are, you know? Nice. Nice. Man, uh, how would you describe the uh, household environment that you grew up in? Uh, well, it was basically a, not a great environment to be honest with you. Um, single moms. Um, I might have saw my pops like every two years, every three years. You know, he was in and out of prison, um, and it actually seemed like the only time I really I, I connected with him more when he was in prison because that's when he wanted to write me and really talk to me, right? Mm, mm. Yeah. But um, you know it. It was a hard life, bro. I'm just going to be real with you. I ain't going to sugarcoat it. You know what I mean? Single mom, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, she had um, alcoholic addiction, drug addiction, you know, um, growing up, you know, having several different stepdads, abusive stepdads, things like that. Um, and, you know, just being a kid off, off in the streets, just like able to do whatever he wanted to do and not really having no no guidance or nobody to really show me what I could be, you know what I mean? As far as being great, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I had a lot of, you know, I, I tell people I learned what not to be, you know, I never had nobody teach me what to be, but I had plenty of people teach me what not to be. So, you know what I mean? Like that's kind of uh, how I was raised up. You know what I mean? If that answers your question. Oh man, that, that was perfect. That was definitely perfectly. Now you said uh, you had a lot of people who who basically taught you what not to do and what not to be. What were some of those things that you learned that you saw early on? Like, you know what? That's definitely not the path I wanted. To, like, that ain't my path. That ain't my style. I, I don't want to go down that road. Uh, well, one thing was, you know, not having no father in my life. Um, you know, that really, I didn't realize when I was younger how it affected me. But when I got older, I realized it more how how it did affect me. And, um, you know, even as a kid, before I even wanted to have sex, my mind was already focused on things like, man, one day I'm going to be a good ass father. You know, mm -hmm. I want to be a great father one day. You know what I mean? And and that was because it was what I didn't have. Right. And I was mm -hmm. I would have other friends that had that, you know, on their they would be out playing. Their dad would get off work. They would play, be playing basketball with them and stuff like that. And, you know, and I would look at that like, man, I, I wish I had that, you know. Um, so that was the first thing, you know what I mean? It was like, okay, I know I want to be there for my kids, you know what I mean? And then, um, <clears throat> you know, just growing up in a, in a family that didn't have any um, – just any, just anything really going for them positive. No college degrees, no businesses. You know, I can't say my my uncle did have a roofing business at one time that he let me work work with him on the summer. You mm -hmm. know, that was pretty cool, but uh, it didn't really last long. He probably was in business about a year before he went to jail. Um, so really, man, you know, I had a lot of people in jail and you know doing the wrong thing. So, you know. I was kind of going down that path at one point and I kind of had one foot in one foot out. And, you know, um, I say, God just told me, man, that, you know, 
either you either you start to change or you're going to end up going down the same path mm-hmm. right so i slowly stopped doing the things i was involved in and and changing my life and you know just pretty much it in a nutshell but man what age would you say that you uh started to involve yourself fires with the street life uh man real early real early um you know probably you know um probably in the early 13s or something like that you mm-hmm. know um you know and and when i say you know street life i mean i was I, I was one of them kids that you know i was literally like 10 years old sneaking out my house at night with older older people roaming roaming the fraser na- streets and neighborhoods and apartments and mm-hmm. like being like literally two in the morning on a weekday like and i'm 10 years old hanging out with 16 year olds type type vibe that's like what i how i grew up you know mm-hmm. i always uh felt like an old soul and i always hung out with older people you know um so that was kind of it you know man you said that um you had that talk with god because you had your one foot in and one foot out and when you had that talk with him and he's basically giving you that sign that a lot of us when we're in these uh these situations we kind of ignore and we a lot of us wait too late to try to change up you know what I'm saying because one thing i noticed as far as on um, far as god he's going to give you warnings but if you consistently ignore them it's going to get to a point where he's going to basically wipe his hands with you and it's like you know what i gave you gave you plenty of warnings and basically gave you a, a um a witness to what you what path you're going down now you must learn the hard way so when you had that talk with God, man, was that a uh, a rough transition for you as far as just letting the street stuff go? Or was it pretty easy for you? Like, you know what? I'm done with it. You know, I'm going to go down this straight path. Uh, well, you know, I think it was more of like, you know, an awakening um, because, you know, again, I, I'm not saying I was perfect and one day a light flipped on and I'm now, you know, a perfect or nothing like that right but you know i realized like where a majority of my time and my focus being being it and i realized that you know energy is everything because you know um if you got bad energy around you you know it's gonna affect you in a bad way so um once i start experiencing that and you know i had a lot of things happen to me where like i still thank god i'm here today like I, I was one of them guys that was, you know, 18 thinking like I ain't gonna live to see 24. Mm. Um and um <clears throat> so you know, like growing up, um I, I'm sorry, I lost my point where I was going. Um but um, you know, growing up, um I'm what 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 was the question again? I'm sorry. Now, you was basically saying that you thought you wasn't going to live to a certain age. You thought you wasn't going to make it to the age of 24 at, at the age of 18. So a lot of things happened to me in my life when I was living the street life. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've done been robbed. You know what I'm saying? I done been uh, set up. I done been shot at. You know, I done had my car shot up. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, 
I, I'm lucky to be here. You know, I almost fell out of car. You know, a, a door was open when I was little and I almost Ooh. fell out of car going going around a, a freeway turnpike. Right. Um, so there's a lot of things that happened in my life where, you know, a lot of people say, man, you was lucky. But I say God was looking out for me as he always had. Even even back when I stayed in uh stayed in Fraser, right? Mm-hmm. Two houses down from me, from where I lived at, was what was called a prayer cot prayer cottage, mm-hmm. right? And it's basically well, all it was was a little small church that another family owned that lived like five houses down. They also owned the prayer cottage, mm-hmm. and me being a kid that's always out just looking around and always into something. I ended up basically breaking into the garage of that prayer cottage one day, not really looking to steal anything, but just as like a, a mystery kid, like interested. what's in this old looking garage. Like, <laughs> just like, mm, let me go see. Like, like I'm gonna find a, like a, you know, like, uh, what you call it? Uh, like a, a lost fortune or something. You know, like, like you're gonna find a treasure chest in there or something. So, you know, that's that's really all it was for me. But I got called in there and the and the guy, the owner, you know, rather than coming to me like, ah, oh, you know, I'm calling the police or take me to your mama or anything like that. He just was like, you know what? Come up to my house um like once a day if you can, and um, you know, I I I I I'll feed you if you're hungry, if you you know, if you want to play some games or you know, like anything you want to do, you know. Just come come up there, right? Mm-hmm. So at the time, I'm just thinking like oh, that's kind of weird. Like, like this guy just caught me in his garage and he's telling me to come up and just you know, whatever I want to do, feed me and stuff. So it's it's a little weird at first, but then you know, being a little kid, you know, one day not having nothing to do, I went up there and it was basically what it was. They was Christians that basically they opened their doors up to me. I could I could go in their home. You know, like I lived there, go in a refrigerator. I could play with all the little musical instruments they had, you know, just pretty much anything. It was just that that Christian vibe, you know. And at the time, I didn't really, you know, think nothing by it other than, you know, it's filling a void right then. But mm-hmm. later on down, I realized that that might have been something right there that kept me kept me from 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 the wrong path. Right. So I had mm-hmm. several things throughout my life where it's like. I felt like it was God always keeping steering me. You know, I, I get a little bit off track. He like, up, oh, come on back. Come on back. I get a little bit off track. Come on back. Yeah. So. He was always with you. He's definitely always with you, man. Now, uh, when did the uh, music aspect hit you? Man, so music, like I said, I've been listening to rap music, bro. Like, I was like, probably six, seven years old. Like I literally listened to hardcore gangster rap. What I used to do is I had an older sister. She was always, you know, like nine, nine years older than me. So, you know, at the time she had all the gangster rap, you know, um, like uh, who back in the day, like Spanish Fly, SMK, you know, the Memphis people, um, Skinny Pimp and, you know, Give Me Some and all that, 036, all that. Yeah. Also had stuff like heavy D back in the day and you know um things up north you know um just you know things like naughty by nature you know just different 
different type of music that just being a Southern guy, you know, we wasn't really wasn't used to. And what I was doing that she really didn't know is she didn't want me to mess with her tapes at all. But when she would leave the house, you know, I would go take one tape out and I would go bump it all day. And then before she came home, I would go put it back. Put it back up. <laughs> so every day, that's my thing. I'm going getting a different tape and I'm listening to it. And I and I really start liking a lot of up north uh, music because of the stories they was telling. You know, I felt like down south, we really had the bass and the, the cadence and the, and the feeling. But as far as like the knowledge, man, I felt like the up north was really giving the knowledge, man. So I start just, man, taking every tape and really listening to it almost like a teacher teaching a, a student, you know. And um, that was my first like moments in the music, like just really soaking up all that things that, uh, uh, you know, uh, a seven, eight year old kid shouldn't even be listening to. I'm, you know, I'm literally bumping uh, DJ Quick. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't gonna say the name of the song on here because it's it's vulgar, but I'm gonna say it's BP, right? Uh, yeah, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, and and that was my first little music thing. And as I got older and became a teenager, you know, I was hanging out with older people, and one of the guys I was hanging out with was my big brother called Paco. Mm -hmm. Paco, salute to my big brother. I call him my big brother to this day. You know, we still got a relationship, you know, after, you know, 20 years, basically. But, you know, he took me under his wing. And um, I used to always ask myself, like, man, what is this? What is this old guy really seeing me? Like, he he, he treated me like an equal. He didn't treat me like less. You know, mm -hmm. he like, oh, look, look, kid. You know what I'm saying? He treated me like like a brother. You feel me? Mm -hmm. And uh, I always had a lot of respect for him for that. And like the first studio I ever went to, our first real music studio was a studio he took me to because at the time he was rapping and he was main, the coldest rapper next to Tupac. You know what I mean? Like that's how hard he was. Mm -hmm. Still to this day, hard. Um, but at the time, bro, like I looked up to him like, man, like, man, you the Southern Tupac because he was he was so hard he was so different from everything that was out then but long story short he took me to the studio and that was my first experience in a real studio seeing an engineer create a beat in the studio seeing him work with artists in the studio being able to go in the sound room with the mic hear myself on the mic and all that it really opened my mind up to a whole world that I didn't even know was there right damn that's that's dope yeah, so like at that moment, you know, you know, I didn't know like, oh, I'm gonna do music, right? I didn't know that, but I knew it was like something I wanted to do. So I slowly started getting into it. I was already kind of like, you know, writing, but I consider myself more like just writing from trials and tribulations, kind of like just putting my pain on the on the paper. Mm -hmm. right? I really wasn't even trying to be a rapper. So then once once I did that, that was like, okay, man, I can, I can, you know, I can really do this. I can make beats, you know. I can, you know, so that was kind of the thing. I started making beats, you know, and um one thing led to another. And and down the line, you know, I uh saved my money and bought an eight track. Okay, now I can record people, you know what I mean? So now I'm able to make beats, I'm rapping, I'm I'm I've got to, you know, I'm able to record people, but just to bag back a little bit. Those, those different things, like uh, recording people, for example, 
that wasn't something I just wanted to do one day. What it was, was I was going to somebody else to record me. And I, I'm real like motivated and, and eager to record, but they was recording at their house. It wasn't a real business and they wasn't taking it serious. And it was a problem for me. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm trying to record. You talking about your wife didn't get home with the kids. You know, oh, so you was on their time and you was like, no, I'm trying to knock this out now and being on somebody else's time. It's yeah. like, ah. And, and I didn't have the money to go to a real big studio. And I didn't even know at the time that that was like an option. Right. Mm-hmm. I just knew, OK, I I got to know this guy. He, he, he ain't taking this serious. He got all his equipment, but he ain't taking it serious. So I said, OK, if he ain't taking it serious, guess what? Let me do that. So that's what I that was my mindset. OK, he ain't taking it serious. Let me do it. Let me go get my equipment. So saved up. I had another guy I was working with at the time, an older guy. He kind of put me on the game as far as what equipment, you know, I needed and stuff like that. And then I bought some equipment and slowly kind of like built up, built up my equipment and my inventory of what I could do. And, you know, just started growing from there. Like I say, and this was a long time ago. So, you know, you can imagine I've been doing this, you know, uh, professionally for over 13 years. But I was throwing it out the house probably like seven years before that, you know. So you're thinking about like 20 years in this in this thing. Oh man, man, you definitely been doing it for a long time. Now, you see, uh, now the thing is, a lot of people don't know. Uh, that's one thing I, you know, I admire about the newer artists and just everyone in general because you know back then. In order to, you know, build up a clientele with everything that you were doing, it was basically off word of mouth. It wasn't social media like we have today. So, uh, far as uh, was that how you was able to build up your clientele? Far as being an engineer and having your own studio facility was like the word of mouth. People was like, "Hey, man, you should go to uh, Brad. You should go to here. You should go to him." Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, um, one thing that's always. Um, stood me apart from most people is you know i'm a relationship person i try to build relationships and i don't Mm -hmm. try i let things genuinely happen right and that's what makes the relationships so meaningful because they're genuine when they do get built but every person that i work with you know i always try to make them better and add any value i can it's just the character i am it's my personality you know um so you know um I always go above and beyond my duties as an engineer, you know, and I've had other engineers kind of kind of frown upon me because I do that. They say, look, that's not your job. That's a manager's job. You know, you're not a manager. You're just an engineer. You know, that's not your role. Right. And I understand there might be some truth to that. But, you know, at the end of the day, that's the point. That's why I got my own business, because nobody can tell me how to run it, you know, and um. I'm just the type of person I got a conscience. So if it's something that you're doing as an artist that I feel could be better, you know, it's going to be on my conscience the whole time. Like if you're recording your song, like I got to go ahead and tell you because it's going to be on my conscience, you know. And then every time I hear your song, if I don't tell you, every time I hear it, I'm be like, man, I should have told him. I should have told him. You know, a lot of times it be, you know, the artist will be thinking what you're thinking, but they just want you to kind of like confirm it. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, that's, and that's the beauty of it. And, you know, engineers love that. And they'd be like, man, I'm really glad that 
we be on the same page. You really be like helping me like learn to grow. You help, I help people learn to record. Literally, mm-hmm. I help people with their bars. You know, I might, you might, they might be stuck and I have a bar for them. You know, that happens a lot, you know, as well as like cadence, tonality, you know, where, where do you position yourself to the mic? You know, I, 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 I try to teach people, you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, I want you to grow. I want you to be better. You know what I mean? I want you to be great. So um, that's how it comes off with everybody I work with. So everybody I work with tells everybody they possibly can, you know, and I've been doing this 10 years now. So you got to think about like, that's why my name, like you said, when, you, when we first started, have my name carries weight as far as like, don't nobody say nothing bad about me because they can't, you know what I mean? Because like, I ain't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I ain't, I'm not that guy, you know, I'm trying to, you know, if I make a mistake, I admit I'm wrong and I apologize and correct the mistake. I'm not out here purposely trying to do people wrong. I'm, I'm purposely trying to build people up because the more I build people up, the more they're going to come back and, and help me, I feel like, you know. Nice. And it was crazy. You uh, kind of answered uh, one of the questions I had uh, in my notes far as, you know, giving artists, you know, that guidance and stuff like that. Why being in the studio, being an engineer, because, you know, I used to uh, rap myself back in the day and I remember being in different studio facilities and, you know, a lot of engineers will be on the type of vibe of just, you know, you record, if you catch your own mistake, if you feel like, you know, you messed up or if you didn't, Hey, I just take your money on to the next one. Right, push, so, the button, push the button. Yes. Push the yes. Buttons. So, yeah. man, you definitely answered one of those questions. And so basically you're actually what people don't realize and you're producing the artist. Like, you, hey, say that line a little differently or come a little harder or change that to yeah. that. A right. lot of people do not realize how important that is as far as being an artist and having that, that chemistry and that relationship with your engineer or your producer. Yeah, for, for sure. That's everything, you know, like me, I, I've been doing this so long, I can automatically hear what the problem is. You know, when I hear somebody, if there is a problem, not everybody has problems. Um, but, you know, by me able to be able to like see that, you know, um, I'm able to like give it to them and, and explain it to them. And sometimes I even have to put the mic on and, and wrap the line for them. And, and like show them like this is what I'm talking about right here. You know, if if, if they might have been like offbeat a little bit, you know, or something like that, you know. So. Um, so, yeah, you know, when, when you come to Studio Plug Memphis, that's that's what you get. You know what I mean? You get somebody that's really trying to take the time and, and really got the passion for trying to help you through the whole record, not just like, all right, record. All right. What you want to do? You know what I mean? No, I'm, I'm kind of guiding you through it. All right, I think you should do this. You know, I think you should do some ins and outs. A lot of times I get artists in the studio and they don't even know what ins and outs is. They were like, bro, I've been recording five years. Ain't nobody never told me what no ins and outs is. So I had to break it down to them, explain to them what ins and outs is, you mm-hmm. know? So, yeah, man, you know, uh, I think that's why I'm, I'm successful today, man. So I love it, you know? Um, definitely if y'all feel like y'all ain't getting the love y'all want, Come holler at me. Y'all know where to go. Y'all know where to go. Uh, have you ever had any artists when you're trying to, like, you know, give them the instructions or give them, like, the guidance? Hey, you should do this. Have you ever had any artists who kind of get mad at you about that? 
Hey, that's a great question. <laughs> great question, boss. Hey, so yeah, you just pulled up a story, man. Great interview. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> uh, so I told you I recorded Coops the nigga a few times, right? Rest in peace, rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace to Coops nigga, man. Great guy. Um, one thing though, you know, when he was in the when he was in the vocal booth recording, you know, he was real low. He was he was also mumbling real low and he wanted to do like 10 takes like that Ooh, you know and, and he wanted me to like mix them all together and do all that and i'm trying to tell him like look man uh be a little bit louder you know what i mean like i'm just trying to you know do the same thing i always do you know trying to work with him ah oh, you you kind of mumbled over that bar like like run it back punch it in or you know what i mean and he really just wanted to just do the whole thing, however he did it, eight, nine, ten times, and then everything else, like, I figure out, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I reacted like, okay, cool, you know what I'm saying? And and I, you know, followed, followed suit at that point because, you know, uh, he is who he is, opposite for a reason. So I didn't want to step on no toes. You know, I was just trying to help him like I'm always used to helping people, you know, but he obviously was like, man, this is – this is how I always record it, you know. Uh, you know, so Grammy War artists tell you this is how they always record, and you shut the fuck up and go back to work. <laughs> well, all right, I got you. So I yeah, so yeah, that was that was one experience when when you know, uh, you know, it wasn't it didn't go my way. <laughs> oh man, that's the one. But hey, like I said, you still here for a reason, man. You got to be doing something right. You got to be doing something right. Yes, sir. Uh, now, on the business aspect, you know, um, I chopped it up with a lot of uh, engineers and uh, business owners who have their own studios. Uh, what were some of the mistakes you made early on uh, before you got well established? Um, well, I would say one thing was was thinking I could do everything myself, you know. Um, like that's always been kind of my mentality is like, if anybody can do anything in this world, I can too, because mm -hmm. you're no better than me. All I need is the right training and knowledge. Right. So, you know, I developed a whole hefty abilities and skills, you know what I mean? So I got all these things I can do. So I kind of felt like, oh, I can do it all myself. Right. And to a point I could, but it came to a point where I was just overwhelmed. You know, I was overwhelmed with the amount of workload I had, no having, not having no time for myself. And it really was taking a toll on me and it started affecting me to the point where, you know, my uh, service and productivity is declining because my energy is not right. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, that was that was one thing. It's just like, OK, I, I need to try to build a team and, and, and trying to be able to rely on someone versus always trying to rely on myself to do everything. All right. So for those who are out there, cause even, even I'm, um, I know that for, for sure, because I know for sure once I, you know, get to a point where, you know, I, I do everything myself now, but I know in due time, I'm going to need a team, you know, because a lot of people don't realize a team is very, very important far as to what you're trying to do. Yeah. And I, and just another one to piggyback on that, I would just say like not getting comfortable and, you know, realizing that business has ups and downs. It's not always going to be great, you know? So um, it's important 
when things are great that you know you don't just go blow all your money right quick because you know on down the line it might get a little hard because businesses has its ups and downs and you know you can't get too comfortable when things are going really good you know you get comfortable you know and you might start promoting less start marketing less you know because things are so great but then just that moment you feel like that is your business doing this right even though you might still feel like you up here but then you Mm -hmm. drop down instead of doing this you know what i mean you dropping down so you know like i learned that it's like man don't don't get comfortable just keep working you know and um you know let the work speak for itself like don't i ain't even no reason talking about it just like put the work out you know because i i went through that where you know every time every idea i had i would talk about it oh, i got an idea i'm gonna do this right and then i would get the satisfaction from people oh that's dope oh that's dope right but mm-hmm. I, ain't, I ain't did nothing right but share the idea so i start realizing like an idea without execution don't mean anything Ooh. So, you know, i said look i'm gonna start talking about it because i'm getting that temporary satisfaction from people liking the idea and i'm not completing and executing the idea right and it's a lot that goes on like a social media like that where people are always talking about what they're about to do but then you never see them actually do anything so i said you know what i don't want to be like that i'm finna stop stop doing that i'm just finna work i'm just finna put the work and hope they see the work and that's how I've been for like the last two years. I would say I've been just pretty much like, okay, let me just work. Man, salute you on that response because I know that feeling. Uh, me doing podcasting and media for going on four years, I was the exact same way telling people how I want my content and what I want to, what kind of content I want to add to my network. And I'm, all I'm doing is talking about it, but I'm not pulling the trigger on anything and being satisfied with people. Oh man, you should do that. You should do that. You should do that. And then I look up two, three months later, I haven't done anything. So that's why I just like, you know what, let me just zip it and go ahead and put the work in and let people see it for themselves. They were, Oh, he really did do that. He really did add this type of content or this show to his network. Like he talked about this, but he, he, he talked about it, but he really executed that plan, man. So right. man, salute you on it. Oh man, that was a great response. I I, I kind of I needed it. I ain't gonna lie, I needed it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, hey, I want to take a moment to salute you again, man, for the show. You know, I wasn't expecting the whole introduction come on and everything, bro. I thought that was super dope, bro. So you know, salute to you on the show. I really thought it was just gonna be like two boxes with cameras and that's it. You know, you got background, everything, a track attic episode, man. So, bro, salute you for that, bro. I'm glad to be here, man. Man, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And um, every like I said, it's it's not been it hasn't been an easy uh process of doing this. And but what really motivates me is like when I found my passion at doing this, and I was like, man, I can't, you know, I, I really I, I gotta I feel like this is like my second opportunity at, to make something of myself because I've always one of the things I've dealt with, I've always battled with in my life was procrastination. You know, I've always, you know, let procrastination defeat me. And that's one of the things I've um I've kind of you know explained to my children. Don't never let procrastination defeat you. Always defeat procrastination. Like if you feel like you want to do something, do it now. Because it's been many times in my life where I've like I wanted to do something, I do it tomorrow, I do it next month, I start doing it next week. No, 
If you want to do it, do it now. So, man, I thank you for that, man. Thank you. Yeah, man. Yeah. Go ahead. Now, the fact that you've been in business for a very long time, I wanted to know. I know, just like you said, in business, you have your ups and downs. But when you had your downs, what has kept you uh, from just saying, you know what, I'm done with it? I know you have a passion for it. You love what you do. And, you know, you, you've you been a part of a lot of great studio sessions, uh, video shoots and everything. But when you've had your down moments, what has kept you from just saying, I give it all up? Uh, really just because, man, it's, I love what I do, you know, end of the day, you know, um, I have a skill set outside of music where I could go get a decent paying job, you know what I mean, like that. Um, but it's not, that's not my passion, you know what I mean? Really, music is my passion. I love doing it. I love working with artists, you know, I love working with new artists, you know, you don't have to be like no big name, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and um you know, I also love the benefits of working for myself, being there for my family. You know, that's one of the most beautiful things about being able to work for myself is because, you know, like I see my kids every day. You know what I mean? I have dinner with my family every day, pretty much, you know. So um, that's like to me, that's worth millions of dollars within itself because it's people out here that, you know, make a lot of money, but their 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 family and their life is is hell because they have no time to spend time with their family you know and uh like i said from the beginning like i'm real big on family you know as i always been um so now that i have my own family it's really important to me to be there for mine you know um so you know like i just look at it like that downtime you know i try to um think about how i can turn it around you know promote and um come up with sales and marketing and you know reach out to some people you know what i'm saying uh you know and just try to do anything i can to get some money coming in you know as far as like if i if i'm trying to turn that downtime into uptime you know but other than that on my downtime i just try to make sure that okay you know i'm spending it with family or i'm you know i'm doing what I, i need to be doing versus you know, just out here in the club, messing off my time and my money, you know, type type thing. So well, that's one of the things I've noticed, too, uh, as I did my research uh, to prepare for this. You're very family oriented. Uh, you have a very, very beautiful family. I might add. And you see more pictures of your family, do you? And then more than your business. So that's basically right there sums it up, man, how much of a family man you are, man. So I salute you on that. I okay. definitely I really appreciate it, man. Yeah. Um, how long has Studio Plug Memphis been open? Uh, Studio Plug Memphis has been open. I want to say like uh, going on four years, somewhere around there. Uh, maybe maybe four years, going on five. I, I I forget the exact date, but um, but yeah, and you know, before that, you know, I had a, another studio I was uh, business partnered with. Uh, called Studio 224 Memphis. I remember that. Oh, okay. I remember that. Okay. Okay. AC Dutch, uh, my old business partner, AC Dutch. That's who yeah. I Okay. I remember now. Okay. Him and me and him, we had a good like nine and a half years run um, together um, with that business. And then I decided to start my own thing and do my own thing. And that was about, about four, four years ago. 
Oh man. Yeah. Oh damn, you just uh, you just really opened up something right there. Uh studio damn. I remember that, man. I definitely remember that because I remember the uh, the promos as far as on social media and stuff like that. Oh man. Um or right quick, man, talk about um how was it getting that off the ground, but before you got to uh building the what we know now that studio plug Memphis. Like and talk about the relationship between you and Dutch. Oh man, you know, it started out great. You know, um, you know, at the time, um, I was working a full-time job, you know. Um, so that was the thing is I was juggling a full-time job. And then after after my job, I would go to my business and I would work all night and then go home, go to sleep, wake up and do it again. And sorry, I'd say for the for the first nine and a half years, you know, um, that's what I did you know, off and on pretty much, you know, I pretty much always had a, a full-time job um, up until a few years ago when I decided to, you know, go and take it serious and just flat out do the studio with everything else I do. Mm -hmm. you know? But, um, but man, it was, you know, it was great, but it was a struggle too, because we literally started out from the bottom, from zero, you know, and, and literally built the name from scratch. So the first year was the hardest. You know, I always tell businesses first year going to be your hardest because, you know, it's going to be a struggle just making making the overhead, you know, which is the money it takes you to put into the business to keep it going. You know, it's going to be a struggle just making the overhead, let alone making a profit. Mm -hmm. so, you know, that was kind of the struggle in the beginning is, you know, building the business, um, which, you know, both of us did a great job at, um, you know, salute to him. So we both had one studio and we just building it up and building it up. And, you know, like I said, we did that for nine and a half years, but eventually it became, um, you know, we both was too, too busy and booked, you know, and two people sharing one studio, it eventually gets hard, you know, and that, but that was a great blessing that, that it, it came to a point where we kind of was stepping on each other's feet because we were so busy. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it just became a time of like, you know what, I need to branch off and, and do my do my own thing. And, you know, he kind of was in the same vote as, you know, it opened him up too, you know. So, um, you know, that's pretty much what it was. And, you know, it was a great it's a great when you're always growing to a point where, OK, you know, what once was we barely even make overhead. Now we growing to the point where. We, we fighting over who can get in the studio. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, you know, um, yeah, that's my guy, though, man. He always be like a brother to me, even though I don't do business with him, um, you know, in the, in, the, in the business, you know, no more. Um, but, you know, I still got a lot of love for him and wish him the best, you know. And, um, yeah, we just had, we, we both grown, man. You know what I'm saying? That's what the music will do to you after 10 years. You got to grow. But that's a long run, though. That's that's a long run because most people don't even last a year or six months of that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like I say, that first year was the hardest, man. Once we once we got that first year out the way, you know, what I'm saying it started looking up from there. But that first year was the hardest. Oh man! Now uh, a lot of people don't know with Studio Plug Memphis, you definitely have a, uh, you can get any type of service. Uh, when did you start getting into the uh, videography? Oh, great question. Um, so I'd say about 
Oh, I say about man, how long? I, I don't know the exact number, but I say about 13, 14 years ago, my grandfather passed, right? And rest in peace to my grandfather. He was a photographer. He even had his own um, black room in his house where he developed his own film back in the day. Mm -hmm. right? But the whole time he was live, you know, he never really taught me anything about photography other than taking me and showing me the black room uh, where he developed the film. He never really taught me anything. But when he had passed away, he left me a camera. Right. So just him leaving that camera sparked something in, in me because I'm like, oh, my grandfather was a, a really good photographer. He left me a camera. Right. Mm -hmm. so right there is what got me started as far as just even being involved with the camera. And it didn't even record video. It just did photography, right? It was an older, older camera. But, um, you know, eventually I, I upgraded and it was able to record video. And I started recording video. And, you know, um, I just grew from there, you know, grew from there. Um, you know, my first video, I think I charged like 100 bucks or something or less than that <laughs> to shoot the, shoot the whole video, like a three-scene video, you know, Um and it was HD too, you know, but um, yeah, it's just like, you know, um, it just, I didn't just start overnight. I've been building it a long time. So, you know, it's just a grow. You just grow. And when you can, you upgrade equipment, get better equipment. You know, you're constantly looking to improve what you do. You know, that's one thing about me. I'm always looking to improve what I do. Even to this day, you know, I don't feel like I'm the best at anything I do. And that's what keeps me pushing the envelope to be better, right? Mm -hmm. So, so now I kind of let my clients and my customers tell me I'm the goat, I'm 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 better, and I'm the best, and all that. I don't do it. I say, look, I'm still trying to learn. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know. So, so basically, like when like you let other people tell you that, but for yourself, you're a very modest person. Like, you know what? I'm still trying to get much, much better. And that's how I feel when people compliment me. I'm a very modest person. I feel like I have so, so much to learn. I, I have a long way to go and which I'm willing to put the work in to do so. Yeah, for sure. You know, like coming from the family I come from, you know, the broken home and everything. I've never had a lot of um, self-esteem, you know, about myself. So, you know, that's always been a struggle for myself is I've always kind of downplayed myself, you know. Um, so, you know, um, yeah, that's just kind of like like me. You know what I mean? I ain't saying I have self, low self-esteem now. I probably do a little bit. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, it's a whole different subject. But I, 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 can, I, I can relate to it. I definitely can relate. It's not for me. It was worse as a teenager. But once I got into my 20s, I just had to realize, you know what? People either going to accept me for who I am or it is what it is. Like yeah. I can't, you know, walk around my head down or feel like I'm less than anyone else. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm I'm, I'm equal. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, some people need that that reassurance. They need somebody around them telling them, man, you great. You dope. And um, like I say, one thing that that's one one thing I love about my old business partner, AC Dutch, you know, when I, when we first got started, you know, um, I didn't have a lot of confidence in my skill sets and things. And he was right there to reassure me, tell me, man, you got this, bro. You, man, you killing it. You know, you killing it, man. Go kill it, bro. You're right. So, you know, uh, him building me up is was giving me that confidence in an early age when I, I kind of lacked it. You know what I mean? And I was able to grow off of that. So, man, salute to Dutch for that. I don't think I never really gave him his props for that. 
Shout out to AC Judge. Um, now, one of the things uh, I've been following you for a very, very long time, and uh, one of the things I noticed because I can relate to this, um, you lost your mom in 2020, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, before, like, before her uh, transition, and how was uh, you and her relationship uh, before she uh, she passed? Uh, I mean, it was a great relationship, you know. Um, you know. You know, we've always had our problems growing up, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, she she had a hard life growing up. But one thing she always did was she always loved me. You know what I mean? She always showed me that she loved me, you know. And, um, you know, she was she was an awesome person, you know what I'm saying? She was really funny, you know. And, and a lot of my personality, a lot of people tell me I'm funny. A lot of my personality I get from my mama, mm -hmm. right? And she was like one of the people where she didn't hold back. She was going to tell you what she thought, you know, and either you was going to get mad or you was going to laugh at her. Right? <laughs> didn't care either way. Right. She was going to tell you how she felt. And, um, you know, that, that that's kind of me. You know what I mean? I, I kind of try to hold back a little of that sometimes because sometimes I can offend people and I don't even be trying to. It's just, you. just be me being, being me. Right. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, you know. Uh, unfortunately, you know, we lost her and, um, you know, it ain't a day go by. I don't think about her and miss her. Man, may she, may she rest in heaven, man, because, uh, I lost my mom. Uh, it'll be, it'll be 12 years, uh, this coming May. I lost my mom the day after my 22nd birthday. And she was, my mom was always my biggest supporter, no matter what, you know, no matter, no matter what I did or what I wanted to try to accomplish, she was always my biggest supporter, man. So, yeah. you know, I, I remember you, I remember you making that post. I do like, cause you know, I've always tried to reach out or try to, you know, uh, make check on people who lose their parents and stuff like that, man. So I know how that feels. I definitely know how that feels. Man. Hey, I appreciate you, bro. For real, man. Like, um, <laughs> Like I say, it ain't, it ain't a day goes by. I don't think about her, man. You know, she was real supportive, you know, in everything I did my whole life, you know, living a, a different lifestyle than, than, you know, you would think your average white guy lived, you know. Um, she was always supportive as far as, you know, um, dating black women, you know, and, and just being me. She never tried to stop me from being who I was or saying, like, you know, questioning who I was, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, she always supported me and um you know even with the business like you know last the last few times i remember us really spending time together she she always told me like you know i'm really proud of you wow you know, i know that was a great feeling i know yeah. that was a great feeling having your 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 parent telling you that they proud of you yeah for sure for sure you know wow. um yeah man studio oh. plug memphis uh besides uh the videos uh you can get uh your studio sessions uh let people know man uh what else what kind of uh, what kind of other services can they get from studio plug memphis okay okay well we do everything from the music recording um we do uh mixing and mastering if you're trying to get your full mixing and mastering on uh studio time also comes with a pre-mix and um we also do cd printing duplication dvd printing and duplication you know, if you need to get your CDs pressed up directly on the CD, um, we do that as well. You know, a lot of people um, think CDs have died, 
But I, no, they have not. People, yeah, I tell people, you know, if you got a fan base and you're doing shows out here, you need a product to sell at your shows. And that's where CDs come in, regardless if you if they listen to it or not, you got a product to sell. So it's important, um, you know, as well as I do photography, um, all types of photography. I do. Um, I got a, a photo shoot lab at my studio. Um, part of my building is directly focused on photography uh, with the backdrops and everything. Um, you know, I do it at a professional level. I do weddings, you know, engagement photos, family photos, you know, you name it, I, I do it. Um, you know, I've, I did over probably 10 weddings in 2022. Nice, uh, nice. Yeah, so, you know, I've, I got a lot of weddings under my belt, um, you know, as well as I do the videos, all types of videography. You know, I do music videos for artists. I do um, commercials for anybody that needs a commercial. If you're, you know, you're a reverend of a church and you need a, a commercial to promote your church, you know, I do that. You know, if you, um, you know, um, if you want an actual like, you know, video performance, you know, I do that. If you want an actual video interview, you know, I do that. Pretty much any type of video, I got you covered. Photo, video the music, the CD printing duplication, you know, I do graphic designs as well, uh, logos. So, um, you know, um, one, stop shop. Shop. <laughs> one stop shop, man. I do everything but hair and nails. Uh, shout out to my guys over there at the uh, Fire 100 podcast, Tiz the Fire and CJ 100. I know they uh, they did a podcast episode yeah. over there. Them my guys right there, man. So they always plugging you for real. They always plugging yeah. you. Them the homies, bro. I, I got a lot of love for them guys, man. You know, not only is they podcast super dope and they be mm-hmm. talking about a lot of real stuff, but yes. they're real genuine people. You know what I'm saying? Like they're real genuine people. And um, yeah, that's just it. You know, that that's type of people I like, you know, it's real genuine people with real good positive energy, you know. Yeah, so, them my guys right there, man. I've been uh been uh, working with them for uh, probably like a year or two now, man. Like they always supported me. They've always embraced me in their circle and stuff like that. They've always supported me, and I've always given them the same support. Them, my guys, right there. Hey, man, I'm waiting on them to bring me over the show, man. Hopefully, they see this and, and they go ahead and bring me over the show, man. But cheers, TJ. Hey, y'all heard it. Yeah. Y'all heard it. Yeah. Uh, man, before we get out of here, man, uh, for anyone who's trying to do some business, whether they're out of town, whether they're in the city or the surrounding areas, man, how can they uh, book a session or do any kind of business at uh, Studio Plug Memphis? Uh, well, the first thing is you can call me, you know, serious inquiries only, 901-315-3033. Um, you know, like I say, serious inquiries only uh, as well as you can follow us online. It's Studio Plug Memphis, three words, and that's Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We got a channel on all those platforms. Um, You go to YouTube, you can check out all our videos and work we've done, you know, as well as if you want to follow the studio, you can check us out on Instagram and uh, Facebook. Ah, nice, nice. And and we got the website, too, StudioPlugMemphis.com. I always forget about the website, Uh, but, yeah, we got the website, too. Uh, uh, to anyone who might be looking at uh, viewing this on YouTube, I will have all those links in the description box. So therefore, y'all can get at this man or you can book anything, any kind of service that you need. Also, uh, I actually just had someone inbox me because uh, right before we started, they was like, do you know a studio in Memphis? I sent them the link and they wanted to know, do you do uh, gospel music as well? 
Yes, yes. We do a lot of gospel music. We got our I will respond. I will give them their response. Like, yes, they do. They just inboxed me. So I'm going to respond and let them know you uh, also do gospel music. Yeah, we got, man, gospel rappers. We got gospel R&B artists we record. You know, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, so, man. Oh, man. I want to say, man, thank you uh, for man, taking the time out to you know be on my platform. I definitely appreciate it, man. I definitely enjoy chopping it up with you. And uh, I'm going to make sure this is not your only time being on my platform. And I'm going to let you know, man, my platform is yours. Uh, any promotion that you need or anything like that, man, I would gladly, you know what I'm saying, do it for you, man, because you are a very genuine brother. And, you know, the fact that you could have honestly said, no, oh, man, I ain't got time for that. And the fact that you made time, uh, I know we had to reschedule a few times, but the fact that you made time to be on my platform, man, it's an honor and a pleasure. And I will never forget that. Hey, man, I appreciate you, bro, for even thinking about me to be on your platform. It's a real honor to be here. You know, like I, I humbly appreciate you, you know, for what you're doing, man. And I wish you a lot of success this year. You know, I feel like you, you real close from going breaking through. You know what I mean? So I definitely wish you much success. And, man, anytime you need me, bro, for anything, bro, just reach out, man. Like, like I say, I'm a down-to-earth guy, you know. So um, I definitely love, like, uh, teaching people and sharing people my story. So, you know, it's a beautiful thing, man. Salute to you. Uh, you know, much Thank success you. this year. Uh, man, any last words before we wrap it up? Uh, man, that's pretty much it, man. Uh, salute to you, man. Ted Podcast, man, everybody in Memphis. Um, the five was the five, the five, five one hundred podcast. Five one hundred. I said the Ted Podcast, the five one hundred podcast. My bad, man. Salute to them, you know, as well. Everybody in Memphis, you know, everybody doing their thing. All the engineers and studios out there, you know. I just want to say, man, like, you know, y'all work together, man. Don't, you know. Stop thinking like, like, ah, oh, like everything got to be competitive. Like, oh, I can't. I can't work with them or share their posts because they do similar things. Like it's the wrong mentality, man. Just man, show love and watch it come back. Promise facts, you that. Facts, facts, man. All right, man. Thank you, my brother. I wish you more success, man. I know it's coming. It's definitely coming uh, coming your way, man. I just wanted to say thank you, my guy. Thank you, thank you, thank you, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. All right, I'm Moss. It's track at it, and we are out. Yeah. Salute.